Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place in Psalm 145. Psalm 145. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I hope that you are uh, having a good day today. May the Lord bless you for being with us. And those of you who are not with us here uh, uh, in person, we're honored to have you joining us today wherever you are. And may the Lord bless you. These days, we're going to be considering some truths from God's Word that I think are important for us in the day in which we live, in these days where our minds are pulled to be distracted by so many different things, so many different troubles and fears, it's time for us to look up. It's time for us to consider again how great is our God. And so I'll be looking over the next few weeks and asking you to join me as we look at some of the great truths from God's Word that teach us about the very nature and work of our great God through the Lord Jesus Christ, and also some great truths that we have not considered perhaps in a while, and I hope that it'll be a source of encouragement to you. You need, I say this to you as your pastor, I love you in Jesus, you need to find time to fill your mind. As Paul said, set your mind on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Your life is hid with Christ, and so we have to get above these things. We have to think above these things, and when you think about God and His greatness... It will help you in your own personal life. I believe that with all of my heart. I experience it in my own life, and I wish that for all of you. So we'll be looking uh, at Psalm 145. I hope you have your copy of God's Word. You'll need it today. We'll we'll work through most of this psalm together because I'm so uh, anxious for you to see. David, give us an example of how to praise our great God. So if you'll stand now in honor of the reading of God's Word... We'll read some select verses from Psalm 145. My focus today will be on verse 3, but I want you to read with me some of these words of David in this great psalm of praise to our great God. Psalm 145, verse 1. I will extol you, my God and O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Now our focus for today. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. Verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. Verse number 9. The Lord is good to all. And His mercies are over all His works. Verse number 14. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. Verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His deeds. Verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. Verse 20. The Lord keeps all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. Heavenly Father, we stand now with our copy of God's Word. And you know what's in our hearts and you know what's in our minds as we come here today. The Lord Jesus reminds us that if we are to worship You, we must worship You in spirit and in truth. I pray that you might look into our hearts and our minds and see that we are willing people seeking to honor you and to glorify you with our lives and our desires to hear the word of God 
so that we might be faithful and obedient to you as a follower of Jesus Christ, our Lord. How we pray in these days of fear and destruction and dread and terror and anger and inconvenience and frustration, we might be followers of Jesus and that we might honor God with all of our hearts and our lives. How great you are, Lord. How glorious you are. How great you are in all of your ways. Lord Jesus, how magnificent you are as our Lord and Savior. We honor you today. We glorify you. We surrender ourselves to you and we call you Lord, great Lord, our great high priest. How we pray that the Holy Spirit of God would come among the people who are here today and who are listening today. And may the Word of God speak to each of them and may the Holy Spirit of God place these truths in our lives just in the exact way they need to be so that we might consider and think more often about the greatness of of you, our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, this morning I want to take, and there are many truths that we could pick out and look at in Psalm 145. I want to make as my focus this uh, truth, that God is great, and in His greatness we must praise Him. In His greatness we must come to praise Him. As we recognize, the more we consider about the greatness of God the greater will be our praise for our great God. So I ask you today as we begin, what are, some of the, what are some of the things you consider to be great in our world? There are all kinds of, there are natural, there are natural places you can go, parts of the country you can look at, and you're amazed by the greatness of great waterfalls and mountain ranges and canyons and valleys and and huge and large prairie fields, all kinds of ways uh, we see greatness. What about the heavens? We are blessed in our day and time because of technology to have uh, telescopes that can peer into the vastness of what God has created. And the vastness of the stars, the heavens are telling of the glory of God. Above us, the greatness, the massiveness, the expanse of the universe and all of the creation of earth. And of course, we spend our time, don't we, talking about great people. And we have all kinds of measurements on great people. Who's great? In fact, the disciples, they spent some wasted time debating on who of them were the greatest. But we recognize from the Word of God that there is only one who is great, and that is the Lord. And so today and in the days ahead... I'm going to do my best to magnify, amplify, focus, and describe for you some of the great characteristics of our God. And I hope they'll be an encouragement to you. I hope they'll be a blessing to you and help you as you try to navigate these days of distraction. We've always had days of distraction, but never quite like these days. And so if we measure ourselves against the greatness of God, you know what it does? It helps me to realize what I really am. When I measure myself against the greatness of God, I recognize what an honor it is for God to hear my prayers and to seek to do anything in my life. You see, my insignificance isn't a bad thing in light of God's greatness. It is a good thing because then I come to Him with my needs and burdens. So I'm going to seek to do what David has said here in verse 3. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. So I will seek to praise the greatness of God 
And so it will be, I hope, an encouragement to you so that you might leave this place and in the days ahead, join me. Oh, join me, church. Join me in honoring and glorifying the greatness of God in so many ways that we will see. Well, David begins here, before I get into the details of verse number three, just let me make some general observations. David does what he always does. If you're familiar with the Psalms, David makes a lot of promises to God in the Psalms when he prays. Do you make promises to God when you pray? Well, David makes some promises here. Look at verses 1 and 2. Staggering what David says. I will extol. That's a good word. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Your Bible may read differently. This Hebrew word extol means I will lift. I will lift. I will lift you, my God and King. It's, it's an expression of verbal expression of what is important and great. Here it is. I will extol you, my God, O King. Second, he says in verse 1, I will bless Barach. I will bless your name forever and ever. Verse 2, every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Look at these, look at these I wills. I will extol you. I will bless your name forever. And every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Oh, we see here these wonderful words of promise he makes to God. He's going to be a man who praises God. He's going to be a man who lifts up and honors God in all of his ways. I only pause on verse number two to see, for you to see this phrase. This is a very important phrase in the days in which we... When do we praise God? When it's all good? When do we praise God? We praise God every day. Now let me ask you, has every day in your life been a good day? Of course not. Every day I will bless you. Every day. On the good days, on the sad days, on the bad days, on the great days. Every day. On the sick days, on the well days, on the happy days, on the sad days. Every day I will bless. I will parach you. I will bless you every day. That's the standard of a godly man or woman. We are, not, we are not changed in our blessing and praising of God by our circumstances. Our dear friend Paul and Silas, they lock these, these men up over and over again, chaining them up. And what are they doing? They're singing in the jail. And it wasn't a modern jail. It was a nasty mess, rotting, old, stinking hole in the ground. Praising God at midnight, singing praise to God. Every day I will bless you. I hope you make that a commitment today. Every day I will bless you. He's not talking about the church. He's talking about you individually. And every one of us in this room will find a difference in our life if we start our day, live through the day, and end our day blessing God every day. Well, I could get off on this. Sounds like I'm about to. Every day I will bless you. But then we come to this great verse, verse number three, which is really the focus of what I want to comment on in my brief time here with you and take you through how David did verse three in this very psalm. You just follow along with me and we'll look at it together and I hope it'll be a blessing. What does he say? After he makes his commitment to God. Look, you ought to make a commitment to God. By the way, he says, I'm going to, 
I'm going to bless you every day, and I'm going to praise you forever and ever. All of my life is going to be a statement of praising God. Is that true for you today? Are you planning on praising God forever? You see, it's not about how you are. It's about how God is that matters. When we put the greatness of God and who He is and His nature and His work in the center of our minds, it changes a whole lot of our feelings and will stir up in you encouragement when you are the most discouraged. So these observations that I want to cover are from verse 3. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. I want to talk to you for a moment about, first of all, the Lord alone is great. I'll come back to this in just a moment. Secondly, I want to talk to you about the Lord is, and I should say, will be praised greatly. It's actually a future picture we have in Psalm 145. It is the Lord will be praised greatly. And then the last thing I want you to see today in this verse is the Lord's greatness is beyond our understanding. So today we come to consider for just a few minutes together the greatness of our God. We come to put our minds, fill our minds with the greatness of God and how I have prayed that God will keep you from distraction oh, for just a few minutes in this, in this uh, world of total distraction and short attention spans. I am praying that somehow the Holy Spirit of God will allow you to hear the Word of God without distraction for a few moments because there's nothing better than glorifying God for His greatness. Do you agree with me for that? There's nothing better. There's nothing better to talk about. There's nothing better for us. So how great is our God? First David says, first phrase of verse 3, great is the Lord. Now I must pause for a moment. The word great in the Hebrew language means massive. It is a word to describe massiveness. It is a word that describes uh, huge in si massive in size, massive in extent. Great is, but then notice the word, the Lord. I, I must take just a moment. Uh, for all of you, just a simple Bible lesson. So when your Bible translation uses the word Lord, L-O-R-D, and it's all in now. I grew up in a time in grammar school where you called it capital letters and small letters. I know it changed to uppercase and lowercase. So whichever generations you're from, if it has all uppercase letters, as this word does, or all capital letters, that is the special, most glorious, wonderful, unspeakable majestic name of Yahweh God. It is, the, it is the name God speaks to Moses of himself. I'll read it to you from Exodus chapter number 6. It's not as well known of a passage as some. But God is promising he's going to go with Moses to the children of Israel. And God, this, let me just read it, Exodus 6-2. God spoke to Moses. Listen, God spoke to Moses. And he spoke and said to him, Yahweh, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Verse 3, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. 
but by my name, Yahweh. Ah, the name spoken by the glorious God Himself, the great God calling Himself Yahweh. I do not make myself, I, I do not, I, I, but by my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. You see, now it was for Israel and Moses to have the glory of knowing the name Yahweh, the eternal God, the God who is above and beyond history, the eternal God, the personal God who is I am. How great is God. How great is God. Here we see it. Follow your eyes along with me and I'll just try to show you great is the Lord. From this very passage, here's an example. Verse number 8. How great is the Lord. He is, the Lord is gracious. That's how great the Lord is. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is merciful. That's how great the Lord is. Verse 8, the Lord is slow to anger. How great is the Lord? He is patient with sinners. Is anybody glad here today that God is patient with sinners? You see, He's gracious. He is merciful. He is patient. He is great. In loving kindness. Oh, the great love of God. How great is He is. Great in graciousness. Great in mercy. Great in, in patience. Great in love. He is great in His goodness. Verse 9. The Lord is good to all. He's not just good to those who love Him. He's good to those who hate Him. He is good to all. Oh, the general, glorious, wonderful goodness of God. Isn't it Paul who said that the goodness of God leads to repentance? Is that true? You see, it was the goodness of God putting up with me in my sinfulness that led me to repent of my sin. How great is God? He is great in mercy and grace, patience and love and goodness. He is great to save. Look at verse 14. The Lord sustains all who fall. When you fall down... Oh, how wonderful it is to know that the Lord sustains you in your fall. He raises you up when you're bowed down. The eyes of all look to Him. And what does He do? He opens His hand and He feeds them all. He is the God who provides. He is the God who saves. He is, how great is the Lord? He is great in righteousness. Verse 17, the Lord is righteous. Listen, in all His ways, everything that He does is perfectly right. Everything that He does is perfectly good. Everything He does is perfect mercy, perfect grace. He is great in patience, great in love. How great is our God? He is the great God who has shown us all of these things. He cares for us, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in, His, in truth. Listen, my friend, in the massiveness and immensity of God, the eternal God, He listens to the most broken person who will call to Him. Think of the greatness of God. The greatness of God to come and listen to man and our prayers. He is great in mercy and grace and patience and love and goodness in salvation and righteousness and care. He is great in protection. Verse 20, the Lord keeps all who love Him. So just take your Bible. You can use this this week. If you want to praise God, use Psalm 145 and just pick one each day. I'll tell you what you could do. You could half up your worry time. 
You've had a whole day you've been worrying about everything. You're all, your stomach's all churned up. You're all worked up. You're all tied up in knots. How about if you took half of your worry time and started praising God in those times? It would help you. It'll cut down on the rest of your worry time. If you'll do so, you just come before the Lord and say, Great are you, Lord, in your grace. Great are you in your mercy. Great are you in your patience. Great are you in your love. Great are you in your goodness. Great are you in salvation. Great are you in righteousness, care, and protection. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord, I say to you, church. Do you hear me? Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord, far greater than any country, including the United States of America. Greater than all the armies of the world put together. Greater than all of the geniuses who might surround a table to solve what they think are the problems of the world. Great is the Lord. That's what we need to remember today. Lift your heads up. Pay attention to who is ruling and reigning in sovereignty above all these things in our world. And I remind you, this is the best news of all the Lord. Jesus is great because He is God come in flesh. He has died for our sins, resurrected from the dead, and ascended and soon to come again. Jesus is greater than all things. That's the whole book of Hebrews. He's greater than it all. Greater than the angels. Greater than Moses. Greater than the law. He is greater than it all. He is great in mercy. He is great and gracious. And what is he called? Our great high priest. Go to your great high priest, church. The Lord Jesus said, I am the first and the last. I am the living one and I was dead and I am forevermore. The angel Gabriel said to Mary at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in the promise that he would be born. He will be great. And will be called the Son of God. I, I must go on, but I must remind you today. First phrase of Psalm 145.3. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord and He is great alone. No one rivals Him. No one stands beside Him to measure their glory to His. He is the greatest of all. Second, the Lord will be praised greatly. There's a lot of hand wringing that goes on to church. Oh, look here, I'm wringing my hands. I'm practicing. Look, oh, what will we do? Oh, will there be a church? Will it ever, will we be? What's going to happen? Oh, it's such a tragic time. What will we do? What will we do? We must look to man for the, for the solving of these problems. We've got, to, we've got to figure it out on our own. Will there even be a church when my grandchildren are older? What will happen? What will happen? Well, we read here some amazing words about the future. It says, great is the Lord and highly, your Bible may read, greatly to be praised. So there is this promise that God will be highly praised. Look at these phrases. They're all in the future tense. One generation, first of all, he will be greatly praised in every generation. Now there, in this church, we've counted up at times, I don't know how we count it these days, five or six generations that worship together. This isn't a church that gathers a few from one or two generations. We're a multi-generational church. We got old people that get sick of the, uh, we got old people get sick of the young people. We got young people get sick of the old people, but here we are. And all the people in between want all the old and the young ones to just be quiet. That's the way it is. That's just what you deal with. In a multi-generate, you got a multi-generational family. You got the same thing going on at home. 
You know you're getting old when your kids roll their eyes at you when you say something. I've learned that from my children. It's kind of like, well, thank you, Dad. We really appreciate that. Now, if you can just go sit down over in your corner of there and be good. We appreciate that. You see here, we see that one generation will praise God to another. That's what verse 4 says. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. It's for the responsibility of every generation to tell the next generation about the greatness of God and salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. They will speak of His power. Look at verse 6. Men shall speak of your power and they will tell of your greatness. It's going to happen. Every generation will have a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ until He comes again. Every generation will have a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ until He comes again. They will speak of His power. They will utter the memory. Look at these words. These are such good words. Verse 7. They shall eagerly, they shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. That's what one generation says to another. That's what we pass on in this church. We pass on the glory of God's work and what He has done in our lives to encourage the next generation. One generation will praise God from the next generation, but also the godly will praise the Lord. Look at this in verse number 5. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. Look, I'm not only to praise God, I'm to study and meditate on God. Now, how many of you are going to school on that? How many of you have taken the Word of God and gotten serious in your reading of the Word of God and your study of God's Word to say, I must know more about what it means for God to be a God of grace. I need to understand what it means for God to be a God of mercy and God to be a God of goodness. You see, he makes a commitment here. I will I will meditate on your wonderful works. Have you paused long enough in all of your grumbling and complaining these days to pause and say, I must think deeply about all the wonderful things God has done for me. That's what we need. That's what needs to happen in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thinking deeply about the greatness of God. One generation will praise God to the next. Every godly man and woman will praise God because he is greatly to be praised. Listen, Psalm 92.5. How great are your works, O Lord. Psalm 111.14. Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in him. If you delight in God, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, then you ought to find time in your schedule and life to study the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the majesty of God's greatness. It will change you from the inside out. It will affect your mind. It will help you with your prayer life. It will give you peace in place of fear and dread and anxiety. How great is our God? He is the great God of mercy, grace, patience, love, goodness, salvation, righteousness, care, and protection. And what can we do but praise that great God and highly praise Him? I like what one old preacher said, and I'm going to read it carefully. I like what this preacher said. He said, as we come to have a deepening relationship with God, listen now, as we come to have a deepening relationship with God and learn to worship Him privately and collectively together, we will learn to praise the greatness of God with astonished reverence, breathless 
breathless adoration, awesome fascination, and lofty admiration. I'm going to say it again. What does it mean to great to praise the Lord greatly? It means to have an astonished reverence for God. It is a growing reverence for God and a, an absolute astonishment at the greatness of our God. It is breathless adoration, running out of words to say to adore Him. Finally, you run out of words, you're breathless from adoration. And awesome fascination with God who has revealed Himself to us in the Lord Jesus Christ in His majesty. What happened to Moses when he saw that bush burning? Well, the Bible says he turned aside and then God spoke to him out of the bush. Fascination. Fascination to know that in these days when everybody else is in terror and dread, or by the way, that's one group. The other group is mad and angry thinking this is all a big joke. Wherever you find yourself. Rather than that, being fascinated at how God would choose this way to work in the world to see many be saved. Astonished reverence, breathless adoration, awesome fascination, and lofty admiration. You see, when you come to know the greatness of God, you know the first thing you do when you come before Him. You do what the Word of God says. You be still. You come to have a silence before the great God who sees you who you have to do with. You sit before Him. You can't get away from Him. He sees you wherever you go. He knows what you're thinking. He knows from afar what's going on in your life. Every detail of it, you sit before Him in silence, in glorious worship, and you are still and you know that He is God. That's what it means to meet God in worship. That's what it means to step aside from your schedule and adore and glorify Him. Finally, the Lord's greatness is beyond understanding. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And, and His greatness is unsearchable. Take the smartest man in this room and we have some great teachers. You'll never get to the end of knowing the greatness of God, my teacher friend. Take those who are in here who have pride themselves in their knowledge of the Bible. You'll never get to the end of knowing all about the glory of God and His greatness. His greatness is unsearchable. Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? His understanding is inscrutable. We'll never understand all that God is doing in every circumstance of our life and in the life of this world. His greatness is incomprehensible. Paul said, oh, the depths and riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments, unfathomable His ways. His greatness is unexplainable. Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways Higher than yours, His greatness is unmeasurable. What did Paul say when he prayed for the Ephesian church? It is our prayer for one another here that we may be able to comprehend. That we may be able to, we pray for the Holy Spirit to help us comprehend these things about God. See, I'm talking to some in here who are not saved and you can't comprehend anything I'm saying. You're lost in your sin. You do not know Jesus Christ. 
And all this I'm talking about, you don't even have any comprehension. Oh, you hear the words. But there's nothing that goes to your soul. There's nothing that goes into your heart that stirs you. You hear all these words, but you have no spiritual comprehension. Paul said he prayed that they may be able to comprehend what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. It's been said by preachers for generations. I'll join the ranks. You'll never, nor will I, in all the days of endless glory in eternity in heaven, will we ever empty out all of our awareness of the vastness and greatness of knowing God. We'll never know it all. And for eternity, David says, I will I will praise your name forever and ever because he keeps learning more about the greatness of God. Well, there's some things for us to remember today as we finish our time together, and I have just a few of them. So how do we apply this in our lives? Well, I could do a number of, uh, uh, make a number of applications, and I try, I know sometimes some of you say, well, you give me a whole bunch of these. I, if you're ever interested in this, I've said it before, the outline of these things is on the website. You can download the outline, you can follow along, and you can even check off to see if I went through all my points very carefully, but you'll have all the information, so you don't have to try to write it down. But you see, this morning, I want you to remember this. God is only great. There's nobody great but God. There's no one great but God. We stand today, what does it say? The one who inhabits the heavens looks down upon men and they are as grasshoppers. What is that to say? The greatness of our God looks upon us and yet this great God cares about those who are broken in their sin. God's greatness is His glory. The greatness of God, oh, is not in one or two of His characteristics. The greatness of God is in all that is our Lord. God's greatness is His glory, and the godly tell and study His greatness. I didn't spend much time on this, but in verse number uh, 12 and 13. Here's what the godly do. The godly go out and tell other people about the greatness of God. It says in 145.12, they will make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. You know what I'm going to be busy doing in my life? I'm going to be busy telling people about the wonderful act of Jesus Christ dying for sin and for sinners so that people might be saved. The greatest act, the greatest of God's work done in salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what the godly do. We study, we come to know, we seek out to know more about our God, to glorify and worship Him so that we might be more like Him. And we tell of His glorious works to all that we come in. Whether they want to hear it or not, we tell them the glory of God and what He has done. And remember this, the Holy Spirit of God can only reveal to you the greatness of God. You can study these things like you do in school. You can have a, a mental understanding of them, but it'll never stir your soul unless the Holy Spirit takes these truths and awakens you. And you begin to be staggered by the awesomeness of, for instance, God's grace. God's immense, eternal, permanent grace. Grace 
the grace of God. A great God does whatever He chooses. His kingdom, His kingdom is forever. His kingdom is forever. And His dominion endures from long. If the Lord Jesus tarries in coming long from now, when generations have come and taken our places, the same glory and eternal honor and glory and nature of God will be in this earth. He does whatever He chooses, and the Lord Jesus is the greatest of all. I cannot stop but say... We are only here who are Christians because we're saved by the grace of our glorious, great Lord Jesus Christ who died that we might have new life. How great is the Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is beyond understanding, church. So what do we do? What do we do? What's the, what's the use of all this? How do we take this and use this in our lives? I always call it daily use. What do we do? Well, we praise our God and our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. When you come before Him, adore Him before you ask for something. How can you not come? I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how He could love me, a sinner, condemned unclean how marvelous how wonderful that's what we sing we must praise our god and adore him i extol you my god O king is this the language that you know and understand in your christian life do you bless god and do you bless him every day have you have you what have you filled your mind with this is my burden You know, I always know what I'm uh, thinking about by what I talk about. I always understand that in my life. What I'm preoccupied with talking to my wife and my family about and my friends, that's what's filling my mind. What's filling your mind today? This is my appeal. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised and His greatness is unsearchable. He ends this psalm by simply saying this, My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless His holy name forever and ever. Fill your mind with the greatness of God's glory and study God's great work of salvation in Jesus. Here's something. Perhaps there's someone you know that God has done an amazing work of saving them. Not just in your own life. Think of somebody you know in your circle of friends or in your family. Think about where they were before they came to know Jesus Christ and where they are now. Just think about that for a while. If you want to, think about someone who was a Christian, but they went off and fell away from God and they went back to carnality, but now they've come back and repented and they're walking with God. Think about the path and what's happened in their life. You see, this is what we must do. We must study God's great work of salvation and restoration and renewal in the lives of others. How often have you given your time to think about the greatness of God? Well, I end where I began. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable.